podcast. Before the ayahuasca. Russell Russell. Lesson 96. Salvation comes from my oneself. It's about 9.15 on Wednesday night. So this is some... Uh, most of you know I'm a coach, like a life coach. I've been coaching for 12 years. And one of the things we talk about in coaching or one of the <clears throat> distinctions that we have is to choose from your commitment versus to choose from your feelings or your circumstances. And to honor your commitments and to come from a place of integrity and a working definition of integrity is when you align your intentions, words, and actions, and it is access to power, and it's also the only way that you can uh, guarantee that anything happens. Like the only, your, your integrity is the only guarantee, guarantor of anything, and um, you could say I, that's that might be a little bit of a stretch that it's the only guarantee, but it's um, very often all that we have is integrity, and we don't need to be perfect at it. I'm not the most perfect human being at all. I have a survival self. I have a triggered self. I have a, you know, we all have egos to contend with, and we all have sort of fundamental life kinks to work out. And that's the beautiful thing about integrity. It's not about morality. It's not about ethics. It's just about, well, I can get this thing that's out of integrity in my life into integrity and I can have a breakthrough. And so back to it being 9-17 now on Wednesday night, I, I, I'm, I'm not feeling like doing this podcast episode and I am choosing from my commitment. I am not letting my feelings, which want to put me into bed under nice warm sheets, dictate how this goes. And I just had too much stuff to do, so I couldn't, I couldn't do it during the day. So what, and, and a, a really interesting place to, um, I was going to say, what are you committed to? But, uh, you know, marriages are a, a place where the, the spiritual bond is, is supposed to be one in which you are committed to this person to have and to hold in sickness and in health, and you are choosing from that commitment. I actually surf with this guy, this Mormon dude, that... He got married to his wife in the only, it's one of the only Mormon churches there is that marries people for eternity. So he's married to his wife for all of eternity. That's trippy to think about. He's like, yeah, we're like, because I'm so interested in people that, the people that believe in God, there's just so many different types of people that believe in God. And Mormons are interesting people. If you ever chat with the Mormons that are walking down the street on their two-year mission, they're really interesting people to chat with. And they'll very rarely try to, if you tell them you're not interested in hearing about the Book of Mormon, they will very rarely push that on you. They're just likely to just be very polite and let you go. But I always offer them like a little bit of food or if I got a little bit of money, I'll offer them a little bit of money. And, and the thing that is, I mean, the thing that's fascinating about these Mormons, you know, you see the two, the, you'll see like two young men, like 18, 19 years old, walking with you know, uh, ironed white shirts down the, just some random road, wherever they're on their two year mission. And they basically go out into the unknown and without knowing how the thing's going to go at all. And they're just completely and totally relying on God to like take care of everything for them. And God does. 
and I I actually worked with with slash for this Mormon dude, and he just had these. He just said the it was just the craziest thing. He's like a former Mormon, like a reformed Mormon, but um, he just had these crazy stories. Like you're basically walking all day every day and then your only day off is Sunday the Sabbath but on Sunday you have to like go to the find a laundromat and like spend the day like washing clothes and like catching up on communicating with your family and it's like this totally busy day and then you're back to the spiritual grind on Monday there is a heck of a lot of integrity happening there and most of them just everything turns out God takes care of them and so I think God, say what you want about the Book of Mormon. I don't know enough about it to be able to even say, apparently it's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but I don't know. Uh, I've, I've never read it. I will tell you this, those people have more faith than me. You know, I'm not going out on a pilgrimage for two years out into, the, into God knows where and just completely and totally relying on God and abandoning myself to God. I'm honoring my uh, commitment from a, a cushy Encinitas beachfront apartment, not beachfront, but right on the highway. I'm, I'm coming to you right from the Pacific Coast Highway in Southern California. So my commitment pales in comparison to that kind of a commitment. And th- they have all kinds of feelings to to be with. And um, where did that come from? That, that little, that little uh, tangent came from uh, the, the marriage thing that I put in. In a marriage, you choose from a commitment. And this guy's committed to marrying his, being married to his wife. This Mormon guy I know is committed to being married to his wife for eternity, for all of eternity. He's got three kids, and then he's got this, his brother surfs at the spot where I surf, and his brother's got five kids. And they're, like, young. They're, like, in their 30s, like, 35, 36, something like that. Anywho, without further ado, thank you for, and, and then another thing we talk about before I get into the lesson in coaching is a structure sufficient to resistance. So the structure that I have that is kicking my resistance in the butt, my resistance would have me in bed. And the structure is this podcast because I'm accountable to you, the beautiful, wonderful, miracle working listener. So thank you for being the beings who assure that I show up to do this thing. And we are not messing around. We are on lesson 96, and let's just get right to it. So I love yesterday's lesson. I said that prayer all day long. Uh, um, I am oneself, united with my creator. Um, let Let me actually go back over it real quick. I said it all day. I had it memorized, and now as soon as I need to. Um, I could not remember it. Oh, and there's a really cool lesson coming up tomorrow. One of my favorite lessons is coming up tomorrow. So I am oneself, united with my creator, at one with every aspect of creation and limitless in power and peace. I basically said that kind of like all day, all day today slash yesterday. And this guy, I'm always using these examples from these recovery gatherings I go to. There's this crazy guy like really crazy, like he had sort of like shooter energy. <laughs> he was in the meeting, he was being very disruptive, and he was, it became apparently clear that he wasn't all there after not too long. People started out by being angry with him, but then everybody kind of realized that he was nuts. And so what do we do? We say the sick man's prayer for him. Uh, this is a sick person. How do I be helpful to him? Lord, save me from being angry. Thy will be done, right? So 
you could sort of see the tolerance that was being uh, extended towards this person. Now, this is a person that out in society might really anger some people to the point where they might want to do violence against him. But inside of this spiritual container, he was safe. I'm not sure if we were safe, but he was. So my point is I was sort of saying this lesson and extending the energy, saying yesterday's lesson and extending that energy towards him. So... Lesson 96, without further ado, salvation comes from my oneself. Although you are oneself, you experience yourself as two, as both good and evil, loving and hating, mind and body. The sense of being split into opposites induces feelings of acute and constant conflict and leads to frantic attempts to reconcile the contradictory aspects of this self-perception. You have sought many such solutions and none of them has worked. The opposites you see in you will never be compatible, but one exists. The fact that truth and illusion cannot be reconciled, no matter how hard you try, what means you use, and where you see the problem, must be accepted if you would be saved. Until you have accepted this, you will attempt an endless list of goals you cannot reach, a senseless series of expenditures of time and effort, hopefulness and doubt, each one as futile as the one before and failing as the next one surely will. So don't bother reconciling your illusions. Problems have no meaning, cannot be resolved. Problems that have no meaning cannot be resolved within the framework they are set. Two selves in conflict could not be resolved. The, and good and evil have no meaning place. So good and evil have no meaning place. So it's almost like there is no yin and yang. There's only good. The self you made can never be yourself, nor can yourself be split in two, and still be what it is and must forever be. A mind and body cannot both exist. Make no attempt to reconcile the two, for one denies the other can be real. If you are physical, your mind is gone from your self-concept, for it has no place in which it could be really part of you. If you are spirit, then the body must be meaningless to your reality. That's one of those zingers. If you are spirit, then the body must be meaningless to your reality. I like the sentence before that too. If you are physical, your mind is gone from your self-concept, for it has no place in which it could be really part of you. If you are spirit, then the body must be meaningless to your reality. Spirit makes use of mind and means as means to find its self-expression, and the mind which serves the spirit is at peace and filled with joy. Its power comes from spirit, and it is fulfilling happily its function here. Yet mind can also see itself divorced from spirit and perceive itself within a body it confuses with itself. Without its function, then it has no peace, and happiness is alien to its thoughts thoughts. Yet mind apart from spirit cannot think. It has denied its source and strength and sees itself as helpless, limited, and weak. So this would be like a hateful thought or a, you know, if I had given into the temptation and cursed that guy who was sitting by me in the recovery gathering and tried to get other people to curse him, that, that would be dis, uh, disconnected from spirit. That would be a mind apart from spirit. And not, I'm not really thinking there, right? 
So it is denied its source of strength and sees itself as helpless, limited, and weak. Dissociated from its function now, it thinks it is alone and separate, attacked by armies massed against itself and hiding in the body's frail support. Now must it reconcile unlike with like, reconcile unlike with like, for this is what it thinks that it is for. Waste no more time on this. Who can resolve the senseless conflicts which, are, which a dream presents? What could the resolution mean in truth? What purpose could it serve? What is it for? Salvation cannot make illusions real nor solve a problem that does not exist. Perhaps you hope it can. Yet would you have God's plan for the release of his dear son bring pain to him and fail to set him free? Yourself retains its thoughts. That's uh, self with a capital S. And they remain within your mind and in the mind of God. So these thoughts, so it's capital S, capital T. So yourself retains its thoughts, capital T. And they remain within the mind and are in the mind of God. The Holy Spirit holds salvation in your mind and offers it the way to peace. Salvation is a thought you share with God because his voice accepted it for you and answered in your name that it was done. Thus is salvation kept among the thoughts yourself holds dear and cherishes for you. We will attempt today to find this thought whose presence in your mind is guaranteed by him who speaks to you from your one self. Our hourly five-minute practice will be searched for him within, will be a search for him within your mind. So you're taking the first five minutes of each hour and you are searching for God within your mind. You're searching for the Holy Spirit within your mind. Again, remember that the Holy Spirit is the intercessor between you and God, between man and or woman and God. Salvation comes from this one self through him who is the bridge between your mind and it. Wait patiently and let him speak to you about yourself with a capital S and what your mind can do, restored to it and free to serve its will. Begin by saying this, salvation comes from myself, from my one self. Its thoughts are mine to use. Then seek its thoughts and claim them as your own. These are your own real thoughts you have denied and let your mind go wandering in a world of dreams to find illusion in their place. Here are your thoughts, the only ones you have. Salvation is among them. Find it there. If you succeed, the thoughts that come to you would tell you you are saved and that your mind has found the function that it sought to lose. Yourself will welcome it and give it peace. Restored in strength, it will again flow out from spirit to the spirit in all things created by the spirit as itself. Your mind will bless all things. Confusion done, you are restored, for you have found yourself. Capital S. Yourself, capital S, knows that you cannot fail today. Perhaps your mind remains uncertain yet a little while. Be not dismayed by this. The joy yourself experiences it, the joy yourself experiences it will save for you, and it will be yours in full awareness. Every time you spend five minutes of the hour seeking him who joins your mind and self, you offer him another treasure to be kept for you. Each time today you tell your frantic mind salvation comes from your oneself, you lay another treasure in your growing store. And all of it is given everyone who asks for it and will accept this gift. Think then how much is given unto you to give this day 
that it will be given you. Exclamation point. So salvation comes from my oneself, and we are past the quarter quarter mark. We are well into, we're, move, we're, we're officially uh, moving towards the halfway point. Uh, the year is flying by, isn't it? It's already the fourth month. And you're all doing really great jobs. One of my favorite lessons is coming up tomorrow, lesson 97. I am spirit. And one of the, the, the prayers with the prayer associated with lesson 97 is great. So stay tuned for that. Look forward to sharing it. God song, one, two, three, four. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening, there were demons disguised as angels in shiny foily packets containing China heroin. The cheapest vodka bottles, the filthy escapades, my morning hustle on the train. And the angels watching over me, the God that I could never see as I wandered alone through city streets. And the whores, the whores, the whores were my friends. The hookers and the junkies and the other deviants. They beat me to submission till I cast aside my demons and that's when it came. Keep one by your bedside, I hope.